Do you know what's the most important label of the world? Price tag. No. No. Okay. It's the labels that people put on you and the labels that you put on yourself. <sighs> Welcome to today's podcast. so heavy <laughs> alright guys so welcome to another episode of the Hahang Podcast with me today I have another one of my friends uh, okay can you introduce yourself who are you what are you doing now and uh, yeah anything else that you think is interesting about yourself alrighty hi my name is Kada I'm a friend of Pure Oh, hey alright you got live audience like. oh, thank you thank you uh, so I am a year 3 going year 4 NTU psychology major student uh, I've known Pure for about a few months only, actually. Mm, I mean, we kind of know. I kind of know he existed from my friend. Oh, actually, I knew you existed. Yeah, we so. had a mutual friend who uh, is currently overseas right now, and who's probably gonna feel for more about this. I don't know. Actually, he replied to the story I posted yesterday. He's like, uh, he asked, "When's my turn?" So I replied him, "Hey Sam, you are listening." And I asked him, "What you want to talk about?" <laughs> 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 okay, so okay, continue with your introduction. Yeah, uh, I guess I like to declare that West Side is the best side. Yeah, you can declare all you want, la. whatever is the truth is the truth. La. Where's the button for the boo sign? Oh my goodness. Oh, wait, there's a boo. There's there? <laughs> no, 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 I removed the boo one. West Side, West Side! All right. Yeah, that's all I have to say. Yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> North Side, West Side, JK. Doesn't even rhyme though, but okay. Okay, okay, okay. So, okay, so I think a little bit more about yourself is, um, so why do you choose to study psychology? Ah, uh, it's not because I read people's minds. So, do psychology students actually learn how to do that? Never. Okay, yeah. So, if you're thinking of studying psychology because you read people's minds, just, just don't lah, huh? Breaking your dreams right now before you actually start on this. Okay, okay, come. Yeah, so why do you choose to study psych? <laughs> right, right. Uh, chose study psych because I think I'm always interested to know how people develop to become who they are today. Yeah. Uh, we are always shaped by many different circumstances. But somehow, some, one way or another, uh, we have this commonality or universal experience, yet it comes in many different forms. So I wanted to look into that. Should we just do a podcast? Should this episode just be on like why you study psych instead? <laughs> Oh, why? No, uh, no, no. We will see how. Okay, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, today's podcast, we're going to be talking about something that I think is a bit more um personal. La. Mm. Yeah, a bit more serious in th- which pertains to the fact, oh, sorry, pertains to the topic of what are the labels that others put on us and also the labels that we put on ourselves. And the reason why we want to talk about this is because I think for all of us growing up, um, we always have labels put on us, whether we like it or not, whether we know it or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and sometimes these labels can be good, they can be bad. They can be labels that help us grow. They can be labels that um actually tear us down. Yeah, I think, and the reason why I want to talk about it is because we have been, I won't say we are very, very old, but we have been through substantial things <gasps> enough la, in yes. life, I would say, to be able to kind of share about our experiences, how we dealt with them, and hopefully there's something that you guys can take away from if you're dealing with something like that also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, so, when was the first time you realized that there was a label placed on you? Or when, or yeah, where was the first a label placed on you by someone else? By someone else, yeah. The most explicit one was uh, a primary school teacher. Okay. So the context was this. Yeah. Uh, I was a primary one kid, scrawny and small. Uh, we we're bringing elderly to different parts of Singapore on okay. a bus tour. Okay. Okay. Ah, as a primary one kid, you're doing I mean, this. We're doing volunteering. I don't know what we're doing. Okay. Okay. 
uh, yeah, we accompanied the elderly, the popo, talked to them. Yeah. Uh, on the very last stop was Chinatown. Okay. I remember very clearly. It's the current bus stop for Chinatown. Okay. So the bus coach stopped yeah. at that area. The whole time reaching to that destination, I was this poor little kid at the back of the bus vomiting and like dying from motion sickness. Oh no. It was like, you can hear like, oh, it was a plastic bag over there and all that. Yeah. Uh, that whole experience was very uncomfortable yeah not just for me but for the people around me also i would think so yeah i don't and i'm pretty sure the elderly were pretty worried about me instead of me helping making having them like making a good time for them yeah uh when i alighted the bus my primary school teacher then said in i say in chinese i say in chinese say in he chinese said, la. Then he like and he went along with the lines uh I, I recall it being the line of calling me like very weak. Huh? And that was the first time that I had such an explicit label slapped onto me and I was a seven-year-old kid. Wow. I, I know he didn't mean harm per se. Yeah. He is the pretty much your traditional uh, Chinese teacher that's very stern and rigid. Basically the kind of teacher that we grew up with. La. Yeah. Which is quite different from teachers nowadays, I would say. Very different. Yeah, okay. But yeah, so that labor itself, right, became, and normally, and I had that thought of myself being very weak because I yeah. know all along, I'm very prone to motion sickness and falling sick all the time. Yeah. Uh, I can sense that from my parents, but they don't explicitly tell me, oh, no, why you like that? Yeah. They, they, they don't do that. So when someone else told me that, it just materialized a lot of things in my mind and that kind of went pretty haywire for like a very good long running series of years. Yeah. So, yeah, so like then how how do you overcome that label or how do you remove that label off of yourself? Oh, okay, I must say that this is only something that I've learned in recent years. That's why you study psych? La? Yes. Okay. Partially. I mean, being aware of things kind of helped. Yeah. Um, so, think about it all these years, right? What I had was every time I feel nauseous, I go into the cycle of saying, you there. Why are you so f- weak and all that and all this time? <laughs> it, you have, it, it's really terrible because imagine you're out on a river with your friends, right? Yeah. Having a good time. Yeah. And suddenly you feel overwhelmed by no- nausea and then you cannot tell people around. If not, you'll be like, hey, are you okay? Are you okay? And but then, that's okay, what? Yeah, but we're all having a good time, you see. Yeah. Then suddenly you break that momentum. Just imagine going to like, uh, maybe USS, for example. Okay. Then suddenly like, one of my friends got motion sickness and then you'll be like, uh, sorry guys I'm not feeling very well But okay, okay I think Okay I'm going to jump in here Because I also have Very bad motion sickness In the sense that It's so bad that I cannot use my ca- my phone For a long period of time In the car Ooh. And Like last time You know Genting uh-huh. When we go up I always vomit as a kid Oh high five Yeah All so right. I got that Yeah and when we go When I used to Like you know When you travel overseas Then because mm. sometimes You go island hopping I will vomit on the boat mm. So I remember this one time I went, I went to Phuket With my parents I think I was about secondary two or secondary school, like yeah, I'm pretty sure it was secondary school. So basically we went island hopping. Okay. I did not know my motion sickness was so bad. For some reason it did occur to me that mm, I have very bad motion sickness. So what happened was I was and the waves are super, super choppy, right? Yeah. I vomited straight into the ocean. When the when because it's a very small it's a very small speedboat. You can hold mm. only like let's say ten to fifteen people, right? Yeah. 
So all the more the impact of the waves is there. So I vo- so when we stop to do scuba diving. Okay. Okay, not scuba diving, snorkeling, yeah. I vomited into the ocean. All the angmos, right? They jumped straight into the area where I was where I vomited. Then in my head I was like, I felt bad. No, number one. Number two, I was like, did they not realize that I vomited there? Yeah, but I think because I'm also have very bad motion sickness, right? But I don't really feel it's an issue. Okay, because that time I mm. went to Bangkok with my own friends. So Bangkok, I did not know this, but Bangkok has a theme park um, on the outskirts of the city. So we went there and all their rides, you know when you go for um, theme park rides, usually it's the thriller one, like the heights, then they oh, drop yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. All the fun for ones. some reason, half the rides at this theme park, right? They were the spinny, spinny rides. So I cannot take it. So I remember we, the very first ride we went on uh-huh. was a Viking ride. And I already don't like Viking rides because I know I'll get nauseous, but that was still okay. okay. That was manageable. The second one that was bad, right? Imagine this spinning plate and on the spinning plates, there are smaller plates that are spinning. And you're sitting on the smaller plate. Yeah, you're spinning like two, three times, you know. So I told my friends, okay, I cannot, I need to vomit. They thought I was joking. Oh, no. Then I came down, I ran off to the toilet, I vomited. Yeah, so basically, I vomited a second time again on that same on that same day because it was so bad. Yeah, but I think, thank God, like, okay, like, my friends, they're really good friends, like, so they didn't say anything. They were just like, are you okay? Like, they laugh a bit, I also laugh a bit, but... <laughs> Yeah, I I I know. Okay, I I believe my friends they wouldn't complain about it yeah. and they'd be worried for me. Uh, but it's more of like an internal guilt kind mm. of situation. Yeah, and growing up with that repeatedly, every time I feel nauseous and I end up vomiting, it becomes a cycle of me blaming myself for why am I so weak? Why uh, am I okay. like that? Why isn't uh why everyone else is can have like a typical functioning day and all that oh, like here I am. Okay. So that kind of thoughts just kind of mixed with this sense of guilt. Yeah. And it just kind of overwhelms and it takes like a couple of days to recover as a primary school kid for Definitely. me for that. Because the physiological symptom of nausea and all that, you'll go with it after like I pop like a motion sickness. Yeah. Uh, but the days after that, you'll be looking back at a day at like previous few days like Wow, shit, man! Cause so much trouble for people. Mm, yeah. uh, that kind of stuck for many years, yeah. even as a teen, especially at one of my uh internship places. Uh, we were adjusting to cabbing very often. Okay. Uh, I did not take cabs most of my life, so the first month I was really terrible. Wait, so when you take car rides, do you feel nauseous? Very until recent years. Oh. Uh, okay. Standard rule for me: I always ask for if I can, right? I'll ask to sit at the front. I would never want to see at the back. Oh, the front is less... Uh, there's less if impact, is it? Or I feel like it has something to do with my vision. Okay. Uh, it's not... You have an open vision. La. Yeah. Okay, okay. So yeah. that kind of helped. Uh, If you put me on those genting coaches that you're talking about, yeah. 100% I'll, go, I'll be gone. If you put me on anything on the waters, on the oh, boat, okay. 100% gone. Same, la, same. Tekong was just as bad. Oh, yeah. You know where I go to... You know, you know every time you take the ferry to Tekong, right? I'll close my eyes and sleep. I tell my friends, don't talk to me. <laughs> because I know if I talk to you, right, I'll get giddy. The worst part is, right, sometimes when you go back to Tekong, you need to fill out form. I don't know why. God, this one time we had to fill out form. I told my friend, can you just fill out for me? You just tell me what's the <laughs> question. I tell what's the answer. You just help me fill out. Because I cannot. I know if I write, I will vomit. Shit. Yeah, and in a place where you're an NS, everyone's supposed to be like masculine, right? Or uh, independent. Or independent. Vomiting people is the same thing, like you scared people laugh at you. Mm. Yeah. That. Yeah, that doesn't bode well for me to have all that sensation. Yeah. It was, I think, as I grew older, 
uh, and more people were telling me like it's really okay mm. I think I had one friend that sat me down and tell me don't blame yourself for this it's not something you can control yeah I mean if I if I was born in another way I can choose for that right I pretty much I opt for the button that says no motion sickness right there yeah exactly uh, um, but I know these days I mean motion sickness is still a recurring thing yeah for me when I do have those moments uh I really need to be present and just acknowledge how shit the situation is. Mm. Uh, because there's no denying that you're, I'm feeling that nausea. There's no denying that people around me are reacting to it. Yeah. Uh, and there's no denying that uh, this will be a memory or an incident that had happened. Yeah. All I can do is just be in that present moment and acknowledge these things mm. and try my best to calm myself down yeah and only when I acknowledge these feelings that I have and calm myself down then am I able to take the next step to problem solve the situation what can I do to feel less nauseous yeah so it then becomes a a routine or a habit that kind of developed in recent years so okay. right now if we're in an emotional sickness state I feel like I'll be able to keep, cope with it a lot better than I ever did when I was like a primary school kid that's good yeah Okay, so that was in, so that was the first experience you had like, with a label being slapped on you. Yes. Okay, then what about as you grew older along like secondary school, poly, and even university? What were some of the labels that you felt? It can be both okay. good and bad. Yeah, so it can cover both. Like, both good and bad that you felt was um, it restricted you or it made you grow even more? So I, I guess okay. for me, growing up was, uh, I think I was doing relative. As a student, I'm like average lah, like okay. slightly above average. Yeah. So okay, I don't study. I don't. I play. I play. I play quite a bit like, especially Calling him out right now. He did not. <laughs> I I played quite a bit in JC lah, <laughs> especially my first year. I do. <laughs> thank God I promoted lah, but <laughs> almost retained. Yeah, but I think. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's because like when it comes to let's say primary school, secondary school, and JC, unlike poly and university, it is a one-off exam that determines where you go. Mm. So I'm very good at last-minute studying. <laughs> I'm very okay. bad at consistent studying. Yeah, so even up to uni, right, as much as I try to con- study consistently, but honestly, to me, it's very difficult because you have, like, projects, you have other things to handle along the way. So, most of the time, I just end up last minute studying. La. Yeah, so, I think uh, the label I had was like, okay, la, you are someone that relatively okay with studies. So, when I went to uni and I didn't do as well as I thought I would, mm. or as well as people would do, I think the, big, the label that I put on myself mm. was, you're stupid. Yeah, and I think, yeah. So I had to struggle with that a lot. I think even in JC lah, because in JC, like I said, in <laughs> in J one I was playing a lot. Uh-huh. Like honestly, my JC friends can vouch for this. <laughs> like there was this boarding program we had in school. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was for a few of us. So we went right. Then because there was a, back then there was a hostel beside my JC. I think it's there now still. But okay. yeah. So when we went for that program, me and my friend right, we will play table tennis all the way to twelve a.m. Only for the guard to chase us off. Oh, so much energy, yeah, but okay. We plan to 12 a.m. What we'll do next is, because he brought his laptop, back then I didn't have a laptop. La. Okay. So he brought his laptop, then he torrented, torrented a few movies. We'll just watch. We'll watch until like 3, 4 a.m. And then we'll, yeah, we'll watch until 3, 4 a.m. and we'll stay up and talk. We'll wake up at, I think school started at 7.30. We'll wake up at 7.15, get ready, rush down. Because the school is right beside the hostel. Okay, but okay. Yeah, so we'll go to school. Number one, really tired. Ooh. And I remember a few times because some of our lectures are together because his class is only a few like a few numbers off from mine. 
So I remember there was this chemistry class. I think it was towards the end of the day already. Uh-huh. Then we were all in the auditorium. I texted him and said, hey, you all sit behind or not? So a group of us went behind to sit. And we just slept. I remember the two of us just slept while other friends were like listening. But the two of us just slept. We just knocked out at the back. We knocked out because we were so tired. But the thing is, right, we, because as a 17-year-old, you first time you have so much freedom. Mm. So the cycle just repeats. Yeah, oh. because of that, I almost retained <laughs> in JC. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, so because of what I did back then, right? Like I was so focused on like just playing tennis, just hang out with my friends, mm. just enjoying myself, right? Then I didn't do my homework. I didn't, I was too tired to pay attention in class. And because of that, I think, no, not I think, I did not perform as well as the rest of my classmates. Mm. I distinctively remember this during our midterm exams. Mm. So for JC, you have four subjects, right? Yeah. So basically, um, five lah, four your GP Chinese. GP, yeah, whatever. So basically out of 80 rank points, because back then they have project work yet, I basically got six rank points out of 80. Alright. Yeah, so it was damn troll. Uh. And I think, so basically my four main subjects other than GP, I, I failed every single one of them. And I remember what my classmates told me, did, like when I got my results, one of my classmates said this, huh, how can anybody get four use? Four use means you fail everything. Uh. Then in my head, I was like, Dude, what the hell? So number one, I was damn annoyed. Number two, yeah. I was really super sad about it. And I was like, the comment is so uncalled for, but okay, whatever. Okay. Like, you want to say what you say, but mm-hmm. Yeah, so then, I guess, like, because of that, I started to think, like, okay, maybe I'm stupid. Because <laughs> mm. after that, I study, like, no matter how hard I study, right, like, I'm not performing as well as I thought I would. Granted that, yes, JC is tougher than O-level, than secondary school for sure. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think that whole mentality of, or rather the label of your stupid stuck with me. Yeah, and I was very um, shy. I was very scared of like asking questions in class of clarifying doubts because it will make me seem even more like an idiot. It just reinforced everything Correct. that you have thought about. Yourself. Everything is just reinforced. And because of that, I think, um, but after, uh, over the years, like especially in university, I realized that asking a stupid question is fine. Yeah. Because that's how you learn. Mm. And well, I really want to talk about this topic one day, but <laughs> basically I realized that uh, maybe it's, okay, you might say I'm making an excuse or whatnot, but I realized that our education system, right, is not geared towards the whole idea or ha- it's not geared towards nurturing a mindset of failure is okay as long as you learn from it. Our education system is geared towards no, failure is not acceptable. Do better or else. Yeah. So, which doesn't make sense because a lot of the, if you look at entrepreneurs, right, a lot of them fail the first time they they start something. They have to. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You have to fail to learn. But because of whatever, maybe it's intentional. I'm pretty sure it's unintentional, but because of the education system that I've been in up to this point of time, it just feels like, oh, if you fail, people will think you're stupid. Mm. But again, whether people do think that is a different thing. But the, I know there are people that compare like themselves using their grades lah. And I feel it's a very natural thing. We will just go with the tendency because how else then you, do you get a benchmark? We don't look at comparing our past achievements and yeah, all that. It's yeah. natural to tell, hey, this person score highest or like this person score lower and then yeah. we go around with that. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, so basically, okay. Yeah, anyway, bring it back to the point. Yeah. Okay. So I guess after a while, I do realize that, okay, maybe, especially in like university, like, yeah, so I guess I had to like really learn that, okay, I have to accept the fact that there are people that are better. Yeah. Yeah, and there will 
there will always be people better. There will always be somebody that's better than you. You will always be better than somebody. Mm. Yeah. So I think that kind of help with the mentality of you're not a failure. You're not stupid. It's just that there are people better than you. Yeah. And there are some. You're just not as smart as you think you are, and that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think that's how I learned to deal with um not being as smart. I'm uh, sorry. That's how I learned to deal with the label of being stupid. That nobody put on me. I think, but I put on myself. Mm. Yeah. One thing I know about labels, uh, from my time working at uh as an intern at this youth organization, is that labels just become something that you believe in, whether it's intentional or not. It just sticks onto you and mm. your beliefs. If you're going to psych, uh, beliefs forms your behaviors, and it just kind of puts you in a whole cycle of reinforcing things here and there. And if it's very hard to break that loop cycle itself until you have that aha realization. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really just a vicious cycle. Uh. It is. And it really takes awareness and the very first step for you to notice that something is wrong. Like this shouldn't be what I'm thinking. Mm. Then for you to be able to break out of that cycle itself. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I'm glad you're feeling a lot smarter than usual. No, I still recognize that I'm not as smart as I want as other people. Uh. But that said, uh, I guess we look at how do we then define smart. If we always mm. define smart by grades, results, then it's gonna be a very hard work for a lot of people in this. Yeah, I think country. at the same at the same time, it doesn't just um pertain to results, but mm. or whether you're smart or not. So, so are you successful? Which is a ver- which can be measured on various metrics. Mm. Your salary. Um, I don't know how famous you are. Do people respect you? Uh, you can also use family as a matrix. Could yeah, be. So, there are so many different metrics that I think we sometimes fail to see. Yeah. So Okay, but we're going off course again. But going, I mean, to go, link it back to the value of that's one thing to be successful, right? Yeah. It is a value or an attribute that you want to hold on to. So if it's mm. holding, if it's something you're holding on to, you actively work towards meeting that image or that ideal in mind yeah so it is a lot of weight that you put for yourself for that value that you hold on to uh. yeah well but it's a work in progress we're all work in progress yeah yep I think ultimately is when we deal with labels the one thing to realize is that no one's perfect <laughs> no if any no one's perfect yeah, yeah. if anyone's perfect you're not real you're probably an AI, yeah. <laughs> Chances are they're probably existing and watching this right now. I don't care. Well, okay. What are you going to do? Terminate <laughs> me like the Terminator? <laughs> yeah. Um, so what other labels have you like grown up with along the years? Uh, this is like a reverse label itself. Hardworking. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, okay. I think... Sorry, no. Not hardworking. The label would also be smart. Okay. Uh, now I am someone who really wasn't a fan of studying in primary school. Yeah, didn't know NTNA Express was a thing until the first day of Sec One registration, where I see my friends from the Express stream sitting on the other end of the hall, and on okay. the other end of the hall, it's like, why are they there? I mean, as a primary school kid, you won't know one. What if your parents don't tell you, you won't know and you won't care. That is true, but a lot of parents care at that point in time. Okay, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, uh, my parents were okay with as long as I'm happy, they they are happy for me. Yeah. So, going with that notion itself, 
uh, I was fortunate enough to be promoted to Express at the end of Sec 1. Uh, so when I went there, I had to really work my way to catch up what I missed from the Express syllabus in Sec 1. Yeah. So that became something that it was a necessity. Following uh, Sec 3 and 4 with many other hoo-hahs in secondary school life, uh, I was pressured to put myself as much uh, as much pressure to be in that motivated state to study okay so that became a defining impression that I think many people have on me including my teachers yeah which is a good thing it's a good thing especially if they just know that you're a hardworking student all the more they will be willing to help you and all that yeah but at the end of sec 4 O-Levels itself after I finish there was a deep sense of like being lost because mm. all I've been working for in the past three, four years of studying, I don't know what exactly I'm doing with life. Okay, okay. That label of like, oh, uh, you are doing well, you you are smart, you are hardworking, you can get to anywhere. Yeah. But once you remove that studying element, like, I have nothing. Yeah. And that became a huge crisis of my own identity at this stage. Okay. So that that label of being hardworking, I think most people wouldn't see as a problem. Uh, yeah. But when you repeatedly tell someone or give that show the impression that they are right, they also feel like there's a need, or I feel there's a need to live up to the expectation, mm. and that expectation carries a lot of weight, especially for a young child. Uh, Do you feel that it kind of became a burden instead of something that was good? It is. Uh, I felt like I wasn't doing it intrinsically. It yeah. was because I needed to live up to people's expectation of me. Yeah. And true enough, to a fair extent, I did live up to the expectation. But yeah. at what cost? Mm. So that was something I had to sort it out over the different years altogether. So what were some of the What's an example of like quote unquote the price you have to pay to live up to the expectation of being hardworking? The price to pay for being hardworking. I think people who less likely to talk to me about fun related, like mm. non works, non school yeah. academic work related stuff. Yeah. Uh I do have friends who approach me asking for help with some subjects here and there once in a while, but like it feels like I'm still lonely because I'm just known to be good at studying for mm. certain things, but if I'm looking at friends and all that, uh, it, it just, on my part, it just feels a bit more lonely. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's just how I felt of you looking back. La. Yeah. So, how do you overcome the idea of or the burden of I need to live up to this expectation of me being hardworking what was the turning point that made you realise that hey actually I don't have to live, it, live up to this expectation that others has placed on me I wouldn't say there was a defining turning point yeah. but it was more a realisation like why am I putting myself against the likes of others Okay. Because this is really it, it became more obvious over time you really like wondering like hey why why must I do whatever people think of me? What what should 
why is it that uh, I don't have my own voice and my own opinion on things. Yeah. It became more evident that I don't want to be doing uh, what I'm, what I didn't want to do on my own accord. Yeah. Uh, so over time where I realized who I am after exploring different things and all that, in areas that I work hard for, it yeah. is things that I really want to work hard for. Okay. So, small realizations building up over time. Yeah. So the realization came with, again, growth la, along the years as you grew up and a bit as like what you said earlier, it came with self-awareness. Mm. Yeah. I think that, I think that's very good in a sense that I think a lot of us, um, whether we want to admit it or not, we also kind of want to live up to the expectation that others have of us. And regardless of the labels, la, I think this is more of regarding quote-unquote good labels. Mm. And we don't want to disappoint people, be our family, our parents, our teachers, our friends. Mm. Yeah, and yes, I I mean, I've been there before because, you know, it's like growing up, you don't want to disappoint your parents. Mm. So you just do the best that you can. But like you said, I think after a while, I came to a point of realizing that um, I can do so many things. Mm-hmm. I can really put my effort for everything. But at the end of the day, it is still your life to live. Yeah. You are the one um, living out the decisions that you make. Yeah, you are the one. Yes, your parents or your friends, your teachers can give you advice. And if you follow their advice, I think that's fine. But the thing we need to realize is that you are the one who is executing whatever decision you're making. You're execute, you are the one living day to day in that decision. Yeah, people can advise you, but they are not the ones that are going to do it. Ultimately, you are still the one that has to make the decision whether other people like it or not. Of course, we are not talking about like self-harming yourself, lah, but I think it's more of decisions like um, what you want to study, what you want to do as a career, what are the things you want to pursue. Yeah, even things like whether you want to have family or not. Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah. So I guess... Um, I think the whole idea of having labels is something that everyone struggles with law. Mm. Yeah, and I think the hardest part to do, the hardest part about dealing with labels is getting over it yourself first, to be able to accept yourself as who you are first. Do, would, would you agree with that? Accepting who you are and accepting like what you mentioned that no one's perfect and yeah. you need not be perfect. And in fact, the more you realize that you can never be perfect, the sooner you come to the realization, it's okay to be who you are, where you are at that moment. Yeah. 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 So, I don't just think like in the world we live in, right? It's so easy to want to strive for perfection, to have that um glamorous, okay, not glamorous, but at like almost seemingly good life. That comfort life itself. Yeah. 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 I think because okay, I would say like the biggest contributor is social media. <laughs> Because you always ah, like, whatever we post on social media is really just the good parts of our lives. And as an individual who uses social media, you will see that oh, everyone's having a good time. But then you think to yourself, but I'm just here, I just argue with somebody, blah blah blah. But the thing is nobody posts or at least not on TikTok la. TikTok, everyone has their dirty laundry on TikTok. But yeah, so <laughs> okay. it's very hard to compare your real life, like R E A L life uh-huh. with to the real life, R-E-E-L life of the people on social media. It's never what it seems online, honestly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Alright, so, um, so we talked about a bit about the labels that we struggled with. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, and how we kind of dealt with them. So I think uh, what is one thing you would encourage and advise those who are dealing with their own labels right now? I would say, first of all, you are alright by yourself. Yeah. Like, you're okay with who, you, you will be okay eventually. Even if right now things don't look like it, mm. it it's, a, it's eventually you come to realization that those moments were also helpful to letting you yeah. to grow to become a be- bigger and better person. Yeah. And onto the whole value labels itself that you may have upon yourself, I'm no position to tell them, take it off. It's not something you can just rip it out. Yeah, we're, we're, we're all still dealing yeah. with our own labels. La. Yeah, there's, it's just ways that we kind of cope and adjust with it. So with that, uh, take give allow yourself to be gentle and have time to process and be patient with yourself yeah and from there slowly work out what is it you're comfortable to acknowledge and go from there yeah yeah I think for me okay I, I forgot <laughs> I don't talk about this because it was something that I struggled with a lot up to JC okay I up to JC right I didn't like to eat alone because ah. the perception of Okay, because this was me. I look okay. at people eat alone and I'll say like, aha, loser. Oh no, okay. Yeah. So like, um, basically in JC, what happened was because I kind of changed my subject. No, I didn't change my subject completely. I just didn't take a H2. I dropped my chem from H2 to H1. So okay. because of that, my time there was different from the rest of my class. Mm. So I had a lot more free time, which was good because I could do my work. So I finally started submitting my homework in J2. But yeah, but basically what happened was because my timetable was so different from the rest of my class, mm. uh, a lot of times I had to eat by myself mm. and or study by myself. But up to that point of time, right, to me was, I was very scared of doing things by myself because I was very, I think um, growing up, I was very conscious of what people thought of me. Fair enough. Until, yeah, I think uni that or NSD, I stopped caring already. Yeah, everyone's entitled to their opinion on you, but you don't have to deal with it lah yeah so but basically what happened was I think that one year really taught me how to be comfortable by myself how to enjoy my alone time which I re- I really love doing now and I realise it's so important yeah because I think a lot of times what we fail to realise especially when growing up because we are so used to um the idea that when you're around people when you're always with people you are seen as uh quote unquote successful because you can make friends you have friends you have a social life yeah and you are not um, basically the whole idea of oh if you're a loner you're a loser mm. because what yeah that's the association that I'm not sure I'm pretty sure it now stu- it still stands now but that's the association that we had last time and because of that I was so scared of doing things alone like eating alone studying alone or going out alone but now but I realised that it is in those alone times where you are able to really reflect and think about who you are as a person and what you want for your life. Like, I think having alone time is very important. Even going out in public, having alone time. Yeah. Because it gives... What I enjoy is people... I like to like do people... Like people watch. Uh. Like I sit down there. Stalker. No, like I drink, I'll drink my coffee. <laughs> then, okay, let's say I'm reading a book or I'm doing reflection or whatever. Then I'll just like observe people from time to time. It's quite interesting to see how the way works, how society functions. Like. And from that point of view, you get a better understanding of who you are as a person. Mm. And to be honest, I really, re- I realized that the times where I learned how to deal, 
to deal with the labels that I put on myself or the labels that others put on me is in those alone times. Where it's, I suddenly realized that actually it doesn't matter. Mm. Like, and I think being comfortable with yourself is such a powerful thing because when you are comfortable with yourself, you're okay with whatever people say it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, the world can't hurt you anymore. Yeah, there. exactly. Like, you have no friends. Okay, no friends. So, so be it all. I'm happy with myself. Can you yeah, but the thing is, I realize, there will always be people with you. You always have those few friends that are there with you no matter what. It's very easy to, it becomes easier to suss up the people that are there for you in your life. Mm. Yeah. So, okay, yeah. So, I think going back to the point of um, how to deal, what, what's my encouragement and advice for those of you who are dealing with labels is really to first be comfortable with being yourself. Yeah. I think that was at comfort- being comfortable being eh? yeah be comfortable being yourself and also to be comfortable doing things alone. I think that was really the turning point for me in a lot of things. Mm. Yeah. So yeah and don't expect yourself to not have issues with the labels that people put on you or the labels that you put on yourself. Because I think in every stage of our life, be it whether you're studying, even when you go out and work next time, when you have your own family, I think there will always be labels. La. Yeah. And learning how to deal with it now doesn't mean that uh, I prevent people from putting the labels on me or prevent yeah. myself prevent myself from putting labels on me. But it's more of learning how to deal with it when it comes and recognizing it faster and learning how to get over it faster. Yeah, I think that's the goal uh, to not be so affected by it over time. Yeah. I think just to add one final part, we have been talking about labels being put onto ourselves. Yeah. But I think it's important to recognize what are the labels we give to other people also. Oh, yes. So do be careful with your words on what you tell of others, especially on a repeated basis. Mm. Especially if you're running joke on this person and yeah. you never know if the person is not okay with it. Lah. So those are kind of labels that we ourselves may be perpetuating also. So yeah. have you put, have you ever put a label on someone? Wow. I think I have. Lah. I think unconsciously or subconsciously we all would have to yeah. some degree. Yeah. Uh, but I try to not put a label. I mean, it's very hard especially when you n- heard news about certain people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. And especially if it's a very mixed grey area of things. But yeah. let's not go there for <laughs> Tinder. Then yeah. that's not helpful. That's just spilling tea. Yeah. Yeah, but okay, with that, we've come to the end of this episode. And really we hope that um you guys from hearing this, uh, we realize that actually all of us are dealing with labels being put put on us. We're dealing we're all struggling with issues. Mm. Yeah, no one is perfect. And if it helps, talk to your friend about it. Or a counselor or a therapist. Yeah, definitely. I think schools have free counselors, right? Yeah, and there are online sites that are credible online sites from Sing- in Singapore. Okay, credible online support. sites, look at the link below. I'll put in the link. I'll ask Kada to send me the link. <laughs> yeah, okay, any other, any final words, Kada? I still want to live. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye. <laughs>